Church, I um, said this morning that the message that we're speaking on, a reminder to hopefully us all to remember because we are remembered. And, and church, I want to I wanna take you back to the last weekend. Um, I, I wasn't here because I was actually traveling. Um, me, and, me and my dad went to, we, we went to watch Leeds. We tend to go once or twice a year. Some people are like, why would you put yourself through that? I know, I know. 94th minute winner though, so it was worth it, it was worth it, good weekend. Sorry to all those Liverpool men more than this week, I just have to say that, our prayers are with you if you need any, any support then. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were travelling um, last weekend and, and I would kind of, I, I would, I would travel quite a lot uh, to like the, the mainland UK to England and stuff, um, we've, we have, we have family in different parts of England and, and my dad and I would go and watch the football. So it's a wee bit second nature, kind of flights and things. And I know for, for other people, um, that experience is a little bit daunting. But for me, it doesn't, it doesn't really tend to be. It's sort of, um, it, it's just routine now. We, we do it so much. Um, but the last couple of times that, that we did it, it was just, it, it sort of, it, it unsettled that for me a little bit. It made me, it made me kind of that little bit, um, that little bit nervous with the sort of racing flights we'd been on over the summer where we went to Cornwall to see some family and then this weekend um, our flight over to Leeds was a little bit rocky too and um, there's, there's sort of a few reasons for that. One of them was we're on these new um, Aer Lingus planes that they built, was probably Stephen Francie had built them, that's probably the issue. So, and these, these things are like like the propellers, they're 18 rows. It's like putting jet engines on the minibus. They're, they're honestly, they're, they're unbelievable, these wee things. And they just, they rock about everywhere. And, and um, I, they're, they're not great for traveling. If you're, if you're, yeah, if you're going to travel, just keep that, keep, that, keep that airline in mind. But yeah, other airlines are available and all that. Um, but yeah, we traveled with them. Actually, to be fair, whatever cheapest, I'll jump on anything. If it is a minibus with wings, it'll take me, whatever whatever saves a few quid, but we were on it, and um, a few of the flights, they were just, they were really rocky, and, and it unsettled my nerves a little bit, and then, um, as I say, on the way to Leeds, it was rocky, and it was because we were traveling during the storm last weekend, storm Isher, Isher, whatever you call it, we were, we were traveling during that storm last weekend, and I have a video of a plane landing during this storm, right, and the plane does land and everybody's okay and all that, right, but if you're, if you're not that keen on flying and you have a flight coming up soon, then maybe, maybe don't watch it, but Noah, if you wouldn't mind firing that video on for me, um, I, I have warned you, so, yeah. Wind starts to catch it here, and it's yeah, mm hmm, yeah. And that's when they all did the round of applause and they clapped the pilot and all, yeah. So, plane makes it in, safe to land. And, and ours felt a wee bit like that, that's not exactly ours, but um, that, that was landing at Leeds Bradford Airport, which is the, the highest airport in England, I believe. So, um, that one was definitely stormy and rocky, but. The, the pilot brings it into land there, and, and ours felt a wee bit like that on, on the way to Leeds. And then coming back, I was just sort of, I was, I was obviously, I was a bit nervous. I was nervous about the flight, and then on the way down, I was just doing, probably doing that thing a lot of people do when they travel, but just looking for that, that, bit, of, that bit of peace, you know, that bit of, 
It's going to be all right. We're all good. And, and I just found myself in, in, in my seat. And the flight, it, it was bumpy. It, 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 wasn't, it wasn't smooth. But I found myself just in the seat. And I was actually kind of worshipping to that song we were just singing there, you know, like, no longer a slave to fear. And, and then thinking about how, how God split the sea and thinking how, how God has his hand upon, upon the weather and upon the elements. And I was thinking to myself, like, Lord, you're landing this plane. This pilot isn't landing this plane. You are. And trying to find that, that, that peace during, during what was a stormy time. And, and I find that I found that on, on what was a rocky flight. I, I wasn't nervous. I, I wasn't nervous. I was at peace. I, I trusted God with all of it and, and knew that God was in control. And for me, that, that brought me peace. And, and we, we came into land and it was all good. Um, but that brought me peace. And during, during that flight, as I say, I'm, I'm, I'm worshiping and I'm, I'm thinking of God's word and thinking of how he is in control of the elements and he, and he calms the storm. And, and it obviously brings me to a scripture that, that many of us will have heard many, many times. And um, I'm going to read some verses here from Mark chapter 4, beginning at verse 36 there. It says, And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him, and are and a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Church, let's pray and we'll begin to look at God's word together. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you, God, that it is for every single season of life. God, thank you that it is for each moment. And God, I pray that, that tonight that you would help us to desire a hunger to know your word and to know it for each season of our lives. God, I pray that you would lead us. You would reveal to us what it is that you have for us in your word. And Lord, I just pray that each person in this place, each one of us, God, would we receive a revelation from you. Would we see you like we have not before? Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the security that we have in it. It's in your son's holy and precious name that we pray. Amen. Amen. And church, as I said, the, the few verses that I've read there, the story that I've read, it's really well known. It's, it's something that, that you have heard a lot. And, and if you grew up in church or, or even maybe, maybe in school, like Jesus calms the storm, a story that's, that's well known. And I've heard it a lot of times. And yet in that moment, I needed it. You know, I, I needed that in that moment. The, the story that I'd heard so many times, the... The one that, that maybe sometimes you, you think you, you read and you've heard everything that there is to hear. But in that moment, I needed it. And church, this is the importance of knowing God's word. 
It's not so that, that we can recite it to look good in front of other Christians. It's not that we would, to make us look smart or to, to boast, to, to puff us up. It's nothing like that. It's so that we can use them to give ourselves any type. It's not that we can use them to give ourselves any type of status. It's the word of God is our lamp and our light church. It is what we need in times of trouble. It is what we need to look to in the storms of life. And I encourage you to get to know it and to have it on your heart and to know that that any season of your life that his word can speak to it, no matter what that season looks like, every season of your life, there's a word from God here. The word of God will speak to us in every season of life if we allow it to. So if we get to know it, if we have God's word on our heart, and, and Pastor Matt talked about that this morning. And if we have God's word on our heart, it will come to our minds in times of trouble. I want to share a quote with you about times of trouble by Billy Graham. It says, in times of trouble, meditate on God's promises instead of the problem at hand. See, problems, I don't mean to undermine any problems or difficulties that people go through because sometimes we know and other times we just have no idea and and I don't mean to do that but what I do want to say and what I believe to be true is the problems only have the power that we give them that that these difficult seasons in our lives they they don't need to rule our lives God has promised that there will be problems but that's not where he wants us to dwell God does not want us to dwell in in our difficult circumstances we aren't called to dwell on the problem church we're called to dwell in his promise we're called to dwell in his promise. We're not, we're not to meditate on problems, but we are to meditate on promises. And God's word has so many promises that I want to, to remind us of today. And, and there are many promises that God gives us. And again, they apply to, to each season of our lives. We will always need them. We are, we are never in a place where we don't need God's word. We always need his word. We, we will need it for as long as we have breath. And so let's get to know it. Let's understand what God has to say to us. Remember God's promises to us. The promise of his presence. It says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And you know, in that boat, the, the disciples, they asked, they asked, teacher, do you not care? Or whatever, whatever your version looks like, it says, why, why don't you care? But if Christ didn't care, he wouldn't have been in the boat. If he did not care, he wouldn't have been there. But he was. He, he was there. His presence was still in that boat with them. Even when it wasn't showing up like they would have liked it to. Do you know what I mean? That, that God's presence doesn't leave us. Even when, even when we're going through a storm or, or a difficult time in our lives. And, and his presence isn't showing up like we want it to. It doesn't mean that it's not there. It doesn't mean that God has left us. He's not left us. He can't. He promises us that he won't. 
And he does not break his promises. God promises his constant presence in our lives. He provides comfort. He gives us assurance that even in difficult times, even when it does not feel like it, that he has not left us. And he won't forsake us. And he didn't to the disciples. He doesn't to us. And church, he promises us peace. It says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And, and I understand that that's easier said than done. It, it comes, this idea of not being afraid, of not having fear in, in difficult times, it, it is incredibly hard because hard times are hard. It's hard to remember what you're supposed to remember when you're going through them. You know, when, when an, even when an emergency happens and we talk about our different instincts and, and, and uh, the ways in which we react to, to the emergencies or, or the, the different troubles of life and an and instinct will, will take us so far. But if we meditate on God's word and if we learn that the peace of God is accessible to us in every single season, in every every trial and turmoil in life, if we know that the peace of God is accessible to us, then, then maybe when we get to that stage where we need it, we will know that it is there to be found and we will have it. The promise of his peace. He only promises that to those who put their trust in him. So to us who, who believed in him, who have accepted Christ into our lives, who, who live for him, he promises us peace. I promise that I'll give it to you. I promise that I'm leaving it with you. I promise that you have it tonight. God promises his peace to us. And in that boat, Christ responds to their question, do you not care? He responds to them, asking them, why are they afraid? He says, why are they afraid? Having Christ in our lives means we need not be afraid. And God promises us a peace that transcends worldly understanding. It, it offers us solace in difficult moments. God has given us a promise of peace. Christ says to them, why are you afraid? You don't need to be. Not only do you have my presence, but in me you have peace. Peace he gives to us. Peace he leaves with us. And, and let's not let our hearts be troubled in, in any season, in any moment. Let's not let our hearts be troubled. But remember that he has given us his presence, that he has given us peace, and he promises strength. And this verse says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And this verse is written in the midst of trouble. It refers to a lack of the things of this world. Somebody who has lost God's supply, or at least it, it looks that way, it looks like they've, they've started to lose the things that they physically have. And, and maybe that speaks to a situation that you find yourself in. A lack of security. A lack of stability. When we lose the things that we have, how do we react? 
God assures us of his strength. He, he gives us the strength and that enables us. That gives us resilience. That we can face the, the lack thereof. That we can face the, the lack of supply. That we can, we can have things in this world and we can give them away. And we still will not be without Let's not hold on to things or, or just put, or put stock in things. If there are things that you need to give away, then give them away. But even, even outside of that, if, if you lose that security, if you lose that stability, know that you are still on stable ground. Know that you are still promised strength. Know that the rock of salvation that you stand upon will not be shaken, even when you are. Puzzled, confused, not sure what direction we're going in, what way we are going. There's a promise of wisdom. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach. And that will be given to him. The disciples, they questioned Jesus in the storm. He asked them, he asked them, have you still not faith? Have you still no faith? Have you still no faith? And with that, he turns a physical storm of life into a question of faith. You see that? Because they're, they're in a storm. What the, the thing that they're experiencing, it's very, very real. It's, it's very real. What, where the disciples find themselves is a real place. It's, it's in the real world and it's a real storm of life. And, and the boat, it is filling and, and it is becoming overwhelming. And yet Christ still asks the question of faith. Do you have faith? Do you trust me in the storm of life? Do you, do you have faith in me? Do you know that although it seems like this boat is filling, do you have faith that I am still in control? Do you know that he is still God? Do you still have that same reliance on him? Do you still trust him even when things look bleak, when things are rocky and uncertain? Where is our faith? And God promises wisdom to navigate difficulties. He offers guidance to those who seek it. It's, the, it's wise to seek. It's wise to know his word. It's wise to be on our knees before him. It's wise to still worship him as king, even in the storms of life. And, and when we talk about the promise of the wisdom of God, when, when we face these great difficulties and when, when we're in this, this very real trouble. Again, I said at the start, I'm not undermining anybody's problems, anybody's circumstances. We are not doing that. I'm not doing that. But Scott shared when he, when he was leading worship there that, that the Israelites looked like they had no option but God. But God... And again, can I just reiterate that in, in this? This storm is very real. What, what is going on? It's, it's a real circumstance. It's a, it's, it's a real problem. It's, it's stressful. It's overwhelming. And yet Christ would say, have faith in me. 
Know that I am still God. Know that I have not left you. Know that I have promised you peace. I have promised you strength. I will give you wisdom and know that I will see it through. Know that he is with us, that he carries us. And let's be wise to seek him and know that he can be found. And he promises hope. Why you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him. My salvation and my God. The psalmist here, he he encourages placing hope in God, even in challenging times. There's, There's clarity here that one day, no matter the situation or the circumstance that we find ourselves in, one day... Those who trust and believe in him, you will find yourself in a place to praise him again. You will find yourself in a place to praise him again. To know that he is still worthy of praise because we have salvation. Because he is our God. And and nothing of this world, no storm of this life can take that away from us to know that he is still God. And, And so the psalmist encourages us in times of trouble to remember the hope that we have that cannot be robbed by this world. That they cannot be taken away from us. And that can always be seen if we're willing to open our eyes. Corey Tempum said, Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows. It empties today of its strength. Worry, sometimes it can be a good thing. It, it warns us, but it should never rob us. We, we will face trouble, but what do we give to trouble? What do we give to difficult times? What do we give to trouble? Not, let's not allow trouble to use our worry as its weapon. Do, do you know what I'm saying? When we find the, ourselves in, in this difficult time, let's not allow worry to, to creep in. Let us to rely on God and remove worry's strength. Let's not allow worry to remove our strength. Because we know where our strength comes from. We've just been reminded of it. That our strength comes from God. The, the eternal, the everlasting, and it goes on and on, church. He never leaves us. His promises, they will never be broken. And let's remember in times of worry, in times of worry, where our help comes from. Sometimes worry is, it's a strange thing because I want to maybe speak to the people in the room where you're, you're worrying about something that might never happen. That, that happens too. So that's different than, than going through these kind of, these, these trials or these difficult times because it's just worry in and of itself. Worrying about, about things that haven't happened. Worrying about things that we have no control over. Know that, know that God can still reconcile that. I know that, that it can, worry can be overwhelming. It, it can be crippling. 
But let's remind ourselves in, in that time, and, and, and again, I know that's difficult, I, I know that's hard, but remind yourself in that time of worry, who's in control? Know that it's not you. It's good that you don't have control over it. You don't want control over it, you'd mess it up anyway. God is in control. He is the best person to give your life to. To have your life in his hands is to be secure. Know that you don't need to worry. Know that your, that your future is secure. Know that you have a hope. That's not in the notes. That's not even anywhere near this. But I hope that that speaks to somebody tonight. And, and again, I want to bring us to a place of remembering. Because God remembers. He remembered Noah in Genesis 8, when he closed the floodgates and he began to remove the flood from the earth. And, and there's a list of people here and they're simply chosen because in these passages God says that he remembers them. And in Genesis 21, he remembers Hagar. She wandered in the desert and had given up hope. God brings her water. God remembers Joseph in Genesis 39. While in prison, he shows Joseph kindness. And Joseph has favor with his prison guard. God remembered the Israelites in Exodus 2. After their years of hard labor under the Egyptian king, God remembers them and he calls them out of slavery. God remembered Hannah in 1 Samuel 1. God gifted Hannah with a son, Samuel. God remembered her. He saw her struggle and he remembered her. Church, can, can I just tell you that, that each of these accounts, they're, they're very different. They're very different needs and circumstances and God remembers all of them he does not forget and tonight we're we're gathering in that room and we're praying and we were praying for each one each one because God sees each one God sees each person and each circumstance and he has not forgotten so let's remember that we are remembered in each case, God sees a need and he meets that need. And perhaps we're asking that of God and wondering, why isn't he meeting my need? The need that I have right now. Because I said there's a lot of different circumstances there. God meets needs in a very real way for these people. And you're thinking, but he's, he's not meeting mine. Can I remind you, first of all, that in despair, that God has not forgotten you. That he is with you and that he cares. Don't ever believe that he does not care. That's not true. That's a lie. God remembers you. He has not forgotten you and he cares. And also, I want to remind you that your greatest need has been met. If, if, if circumstances just, if they look different... If, if we can't see beyond our circumstances, just remember that your greatest need ever has been met. Church, I want to finish with some verses looking to the cross. It says here, then one of the criminals, in Luke 23, then one of the criminals hanging there began to yell insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other answered, rebuking him, don't you even fear God, since you're undergoing the same punishment? 
We are punished justly because we're getting back what we deserve for the things we did. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. This is one of my favorite verses in the whole of scripture. Today you'll be with me in paradise. It, it just, it wipes out so much of our, of our preconceived notions of the, the qualifications that, that we think that people need to have in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. And there Christ is telling the worst of the worst, the criminal who deserved the cross, who, who admits himself that I deserve to be hanging here alongside this man who doesn't. The worst of the worst, the one who deserves to be crucified, hangs next to Jesus. He asks him to remember him and Jesus says, you'll be with me in paradise. The greatest need that we ever had was met on the cross. One of the most significant rememberings is of that on the cross. The thief asked to be remembered and Christ says that he is restored. The thief asked, Christ will you remember me? Christ says you will be with me in paradise. The man moves from a criminal to a child of God, from crimson stain to white as snow, and Christ does the same for us. He asks us, Christ does the same for us, and all that he asks is that we confess with our mouths and that we believe in our hearts, that we ask him for help, that, that we ask him for help, that we know that we are in need of a saviour. And we confess that with our mouths and we believe in our hearts that Christ died on the cross and that he was rose again from the dead. To the Christian that has forgotten, I hope that tonight you have been reminded. And for those who have never made that decision, for those who who maybe feel themselves unworthy or feel that they, they need to get certain things right, well, the unworthy is made worthy in the sight of God. Let him do the work in your life. Know that you're not here by accident. It's not coincidence. And, and if you feel that that tonight has been for you, well, nobody's come up and told me your story. I haven't written a message specifically for you. The Holy Spirit speaks to you through what I say. And so I hope that tonight that you take hold of the promises of God, that you know that there is hope, that you remember what's been done on the cross and know that that is for you. After the service tonight, we have people available to pray with you. If you would like that, as you leave those doors, um, you'll see in the left-hand side there, just find somebody with a lanyard. They'd be more than happy to pray for you. Allow me to pray as the team come to lead us in worship. God, we thank you for what has been done for us. We thank you for this reminder tonight that you are with us in the storms of life and, and in our circumstances and situations, God, we thank you that we are not forgotten. Thank you for the truth of your word, the promise of your scripture, God, that, that, that we have peace, that we have strength, that we have hope. And Lord, thank you that his name is Jesus. Thank you for the name of Jesus that is above every other name. Thank you for your story given to us. In your son's holy and precious name we give thanks. Amen.